Welcome back to another edition of our Diocesan Podcast, Big City Catholics. I'm Father Christopher Henu, the rector of the Co-Cathedral of St. Joseph, with, of course, our Diocesan Bishop, Bishop Robert Brennan, the Bishop of Brooklyn. As we come to the solemnity of the Annunciation, we begin asking our Blessed Mother for her continued guidance and intercessory support as we begin in prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So, Bishop, this podcast is released on Friday the 24th, the day before the Solemnity of the Annunciation. Do you want to say a few words about that, Bishop? Well... Yes, as you say, it's a solemnity. That's our highest rank, if you will, of feast days. So it takes a place of special honor, so much so that if it falls on a Sunday in Lent or a day during Holy Week, it actually gets moved, sometimes even to after Easter, because we want to make sure that we can celebrate it for all of its solemnity. And so this year it falls on Saturday. It's not a Holy Day of Obligation. It never was. But on the other hand, it's like a Sunday Mass. When you go to Mass, we would use the Gloria, which we haven't been doing during the season of Lent. We would be saying the Creed, all the things that you would do at a Sunday Mass, because that ranks really high up there. And it marks really the moments, if you will, of the Incarnation. You know, God chose to enter human history, took human form, literally became a human person in the womb of the Virgin. You can't get much more profound than that, that God would become a human person to just being conceived in the womb of the virgins, like the tiniest, most vulnerable form of humanity. So God took it from beginning to end. God took on everything that we experience. And, of course, you know, as a child, the test was, you know, when is the Annunciation? What day is it? Well, it's the 25th of March. Well, why is that? Because it's exactly nine months months. from Christmas. That's right. Now, it's, it's interesting because we often make the mistake. You hear it said, the Immaculate Conception talks about the conception of Jesus, that's the message of the angel. And we use that gospel on the Feast of the Immaculate Conception, but the Immaculate Conception, which is on December 8th, is actually about the fact that Mary, from the very first moment of her existence, was without original sin. This conception is the intervention of God through the Holy Spirit, through the Holy Spirit, she conceived, and he became man. In light of the season of Lent, generally we celebrate these, those two solemnities in the midst of the season of Lent, those two sort of pauses from the solemn penitential celebration of Lent to rejoice in, of course, the first solemnity, which we spoke about a little bit last week, was the solemnity of St. Joseph, but also the Annunciation. Generally, these two solemnities fall in the midst of Lent. The idea of singing the Gloria you miss the Gloria when, you know, through the season of Lent, and this is a great way, even just being reminded that we're rejoicing on these days, we're glory to God in the highest, you know, it's a great way to just remind us of the high importance of those two solemnities, of those two important days. Exactly, exactly. So we rejoice, we give thanks to the fact that, indeed, God is living among us, God came to be one With us, God came to become one of us. That is a profound, profound mystery, something we need to think about over and over again. 
be mystified by. We're quickly approaching the conclusion of Lent, I guess. That's right. Tying up this great season. That's right. This weekend then brings us into the fifth Sunday of Lent, the third of the very long Gospels. (laughs) This is cycle A, the first of a three-year cycle. And so we had the woman at the well, we had the man born blind, and this weekend we have the raising of Lazarus. And it's a fascinating gospel story. You get so many things packed into it. First of all, you have the friendship of the family of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And the grief and the tragedy that struck that family that was close to Jesus. It appears they lived in Bethany. And it appears that Jesus would stay at their house when he was heading up maybe to Jerusalem. Yeah. We have the famous story of Mary and Martha. Mary at the feet of Jesus, Martha in the kitchen. That's right. Martha, Martha. Yes. Martha, Martha, you were worried and anxious about many things. Right? How, that fits so many of us, right? Absolutely. And then you had, had this fascinating story about Jesus raising somebody from the dead. You know, I'm always fascinated. It's an interesting beginning. The Gospel of John puts it. He hears that Lazarus is sick, and so he stayed where he was for a few more days. He didn't go running. Which leads to that very emotion-filled response, right? Lord, if you had been here. Been here. Exactly. Where were you? We kind of tame the gospel all the time. This is one of those ones, oh, Lord, if you had been here. And, and, you know, you think of somebody piously saying, oh, Lord, we're nothing without you. But, you know, Martha wasn't happy. I mean, she basically said, you didn't show up. If you had been here as a friend, she could be angry and she could let Jesus know her feelings. And... Isn't that beautiful that Jesus even allows out of us in our prayer? Let him know how you feel, what you're going through, what you're struggling with. And Mary, too, has a similar thing. Lord, if you had been here. But I love Martha's second part of that line. If you had been here, this wouldn't have happened. But even now, I believe. That's right. And that's the other side that we need to learn from. But you know what, Lord? There are a lot of things I can't figure them out. There are a lot of mysteries, and there are a lot of prayers that I would have hoped you would have answered differently. But even now, even now, Lord, I believe. That's right. That's faith. Truly beautiful, especially when I know in our ministry what a, what a blessing it is, what a humbling experience it is to counsel people through the death of a loved one. And yet, for me, when I witness men and women and and even teenagers whom I've had the honor of of walking with in those moments, to remain faith-filled and faithful is really a grace from God. It's, you know, even still, I, I still believe. What a blessing that is. We stand in awe. Yeah. At the faith of people. You know, it's one thing to say, oh, I have faith because God did this or that for me. But even now, that's where it's really faith. It's not just based on the appearance. It's in the suffering. And, you know, Jesus never asks of us anything that he hasn't already done for us, right? And so we're talking about life and death, and Jesus is going to go all the way to the cross. But the cross is so that the resurrection can happen. And the sign of that is what he does with Lazarus, so that... He does stay behind. He ends up doing something beyond their expectation, and that changes everything, and it prefigures what Jesus is going to do for all of us. So there you get the sense of Jesus' deeper purpose. Sometimes Jesus' ways 
They don't make sense to us, but Jesus accomplishes things that we couldn't even begin to imagine. What a beautiful thing. These three Gospels, these past the fifth, fourth, and third week of Lent, as you mentioned, have been very long. Even jokingly, we have these televised Masses and Mass on YouTube or on Facebook Live, and I timed the Gospel. The Gospel was like four and a half minutes last weekend, just reading it, and I I made a joke with our parishioners. I said, we're building up our strength, our muscles, and our legs for Palm Sunday and Good Friday, where we're really standing even longer, right? right? It's it's like an exercise. And, you know, leading up to Holy Week, notice what Jesus does when he calls Lazarus back to life. He says, release him and let him go free. Unbind him and let him go free. And I think that's a great segue into Holy Week, because one of the things we're getting ready as we get closer to Palm Sunday, as we get our legs ready for Palm Sunday, (laughs) is Reconciliation Monday, at least here locally in Diocese of Brooklyn and Queens, Rockville Center, and New York, so that from Montauk Point going across the island and up north all the way close to Albany and to the Catskills, we've got confessions, talk about unbind and let them go free. We, we right. have this great gift that Jesus is giving to us in the Sacrament of Reconciliation. That's right, and we'll have a chance to remind our listeners again next week. Every church participates in these three dioceses on Monday, April 3rd, and there are set hours that I believe that you know our, our dioceses are hoping that our individual parishes will hold to these set hours so that there's a uniformity amongst our churches so that the faithful can come anytime between 2 and 4 p.m. and 6 and 9 p.m. on that Monday. Perhaps some churches may have additional hours. But at the very least, we're all in uniform for those two stational times, 2 to 4 and 6 to 9, 6 to 9, 2 to 4 and 6 to 9. Well, you know, the idea is that it's to be a no-brainer. So you don't have to call and say, when are confessions in this church? It gets a little more complicated than when we started, because we do have a few parishes that are combined parishes. So, you know, it, it used to be able easy to say just any Catholic church. But if you just know the Catholic churches in your area and you know the situations and who's merged with who, you should be able to go anywhere you want. And, you know, there are some people who are only comfortable going to their parish priest because they have a relationship and they sort of like spiritual direction, but there are other people who want to go anywhere but their parish church. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Find and this gives a chance to, to go somewhere else, or maybe to make it part of your day when you're at work, which is in a different place than where you live. But the idea is to make it easy, to make it accessible. But it's a great day. I know we started it in preparation for the Jubilee year, so in 1999 or 2000 in Rockville Center. So we're coming up 23, 24 years we've been doing this. And I tell you, every year, I found it here last year, every year is as fresh as it was the year before. For us as priests, you always say, man, what a full day, and what a moving day. Humbling just to be the instrument of God's mercy, but to walk with people through through struggles and to offer those words of Jesus of forgiveness and healing. It truly is, and as that minister of God's healing, again, as you mentioned, a humbling experience, I know that it's also refreshing for me, as I still consider myself to be a young priest, uh, six years ordained, almost seven years ordained, when you look out out of the confessional and you just see 
this constant flow of penitence, a reminder for us of just how God's grace continues to flow in the workings of our diocese and in our state, in our city. So for me, it's a long day, but it's an absolutely refreshing day, a grace-filled day, if I may add. Exactly. Now, it's also a day, one of the graces of that day is that we find sometimes people are returning to the sacrament, some of them returning to the church after having been away, or some of them just having come to Mass regularly but not having been to confession in a while. And there were various reasons that, you know, sometimes you do hear about people who've had a bad experience with confession, and I'm terribly, terribly sorry. That happened to you somewhere along the I'm so sorry. And that should never have happened to anybody. We want the whole point of the sacrament of reconciliation is about healing and about welcome and about God's loving mercy. But I say to me, the two most common reasons people hesitate to go to reconciliation, one is it's like a lot of other things that we, we do as humans. The, the longer the time that it's been, the harder that it is to get back on. You just say, well, you know what? I'm going to get to that. I'll do it. Yes, I'll do it one day. And it's not for ill will. I mean, I can think of a dozen things that I know I need to catch up on, and, you know, one day I'll get to that. And this is just one of those, and that's very human. And that's one of, I think, the blessings of this day, because basically it's a loud-sounding trumpet. Now, as St. Paul says, now is the acceptable time. Now is the day of salvation. Like, if this has been in your resolve and you're saying, i got to get around to it, here's the day. This is the chance. Just jump right in. And hopefully it'll be a positive experience and bring you back again. Even, you know, and some people only come on that Reconciliation Monday every year. And you know what? That's great. I'm, I'm glad for whatever you do. I really That's am. That's right. We want to encourage people to draw on the graces of the sacrament more often. But if you just come on Reconciliation Monday or during Holy Week, during Lent, that in itself is a wonderful thing. Now, the other reason is because that people say, well, I'm not really sure what to do. People hesitate because I, I'm not sure what to do. And the answer to that is a very simple. Don't worry about it. All you have to do is show up. Just walk in. And we know that years ago, there was what they called the new right of penance. People, you know, the guidelines came out. And that just mixed a lot of people up. You, the same old, same old is still there. You can walk in and just say, Bless me, Father, or forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. The last time I was to confession was, and you just blurt it out. You could also just walk in and say, Father, I'm not really sure what to say. I'm not really sure what to do. And the priest will help you do that. That's his job. That's right. It's to, to say, put you at ease so that you can acknowledge your sin. We all have to do that. Acknowledge that need for God's help and mercy. But then to be able to hear those words of Jesus, those words of absolution spoken through the mouth of the priest, and as if it's like Lazarus being called out of the grave, it's Jesus saying, I'm behind you and let you go free. Let Lift that, whatever it is that's weighing you down, off of your conscience. Or, you know, and a lot of, sometimes a lot of our sins are connected to other wounds. It's because somebody else hurt us, or because of a situation, or because of a loss. It's a chance to be liberated, as Lazarus was from the grave. Absolutely. And I think, Bishop, it's also helpful to know, first, as you mentioned, the priest is there to help you through this examination of your conscience. And But there are incredible resources. In fact, just a simple Google search would, you know, examination of conscience, 
Ten Commandments. It leads us even on the United States Catholic Conference of Bishops, the USCCB. Right. There's a program, an initiative, The Light is On, for you. That actually is probably one of the best. When you go on the web, you might find things that are useful, and you might find things that maybe are a little more demanding than what the church or Christ is asking, you know, like that, that reflects somebody's own opinion. That's the danger on the web. But if you go to a site like usccb.org, if you go to some of the better-known Catholic sites, Catholic media, you'll find links to examinations of conscience. Now, that helps you to prepare. You know, before I was talking about what you do when you get in there, to prepare, just pray over the Ten Commandments or the Two Commandments. I love God with all my heart and all my soul and all my mind. Do I love my neighbor as myself? Where have I failed to put God first in my life? Where have I lived for myself first? Where have I neglected God? Have I not been going to Mass or have I been leaving God out of my life? And then have I loved my neighbor as myself? You know, I think of Mother Teresa. She holds up her five fingers on her hand, and she says, think of the words of Jesus. You did it for me. Mm. What did I do that lifted people up, and then what did I do that tore them down? You know, have I, do I need to make amends? Have I hurt anybody by anything I said, anything I did? And we're not looking for an exhaustive list. We're looking for, you know, I tend to be selfish. That happened when I did X, Y, or Z, for example. But... You know, specific about, um, I haven't been to Mass. I, you know, and there's a difference. I missed Mass once, or I haven't been to Mass in 40 years. Again, you know what? The, the, the response of the priest should be, I'll tell you what it should be. I'm so glad you're here. That's right. I'm so glad you're here. You're welcome. You're welcome here, and I'm so glad that you want to come back to Mass or that you're coming for confession. Do what makes it simple for you to get in there and have that encounter. And Jesus will, will help. The priest has the job of offering that assistance. That's right. You know, I often use the uh, image of our sins as the baggage that we continue to accumulate in our lives, and certainly baggage, but there's also emotional baggage of hurt and resentment and anger that we kind of carry with us. And I say to the penitents often, I'll say, leave that baggage here at the foot of the cross with Jesus. Let him take it from you and feel that sense of liberation, uh, that sense of being freed from it, and walk out of this confessional a changed person, rejuvenated, refreshed, renewed, liberated. You know, Bishop, you know, when we see the looks on the faces of the penitents, as I myself have been on the receiving end of God's forgiveness and God's mercy, when you see that lifting off their shoulders and a sense of renewal and a sense of peace, there's nothing better than to experience, uh, in my opinion. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, in a sense, it's an act of worship, because what you're doing is you're letting God be God. Like, sometimes I'll find people say, I, I just can't forgive myself, and that might be a deterrent. And the fact of the matter is, it doesn't matter. Don't worry, you don't, you don't have to forgive yourself. Big deal, you don't have to forgive yourself. But let God be God. God wants to forgive you, so trust that God is forgiving you. Accept that gift, accept it, you know? And then the other thing people sometimes will struggle with, but I have to say the act of contrition. And, and there are different forms of the act of contrition. Many 
parishes have the act of contrition written down somewhere. You can read it. Again, you can say to the priest, I don't know the act of contrition, or, and, and he'll give you the words or maybe give you a simplified form. Again, no, knowing the act of contrition is not a requirement. It's not a test. It's not a a requirement for going to confession. There are two requirements. Show up and be sorry. And then God will step in. It's a great, great gift. So we're coming up next week, Palm Sunday, and then Reconciliation Monday. I want to take this opportunity to invite and to encourage. If this is really your annual opportunity for the Sacrament of Reconciliation, Start making your plans now. If it's been a while, please hear this as a very sincere and warm invitation. And no matter where you are in this process, if you're a regular penitent, if keep in mind, Reconciliation Monday is not about counseling because we do meet a lot of people. It really is the focus on that encounter and those words of mercy. There are other times you could come back and talk more extensively, but Whatever it is, I'm going to ask everybody listening today, please pray. Let's all pray that Monday of next week, Monday after Palm Sunday, is a day of grace and blessing for many, many people here in Brooklyn, Queens, and beyond. So that's the plea I make to all of you. Let's pray and, and ask that many people will be, be touched and healed by God's loving mercy. Amen. Bishop, perhaps on that note... If you'd like to end in prayer, and we can raise that intention and unite it in closing prayer. We adore you, O Christ, and we praise you because by your holy cross you have redeemed the world. Lord God, we thank you for the gifts of your love and your mercy, which comes home to us in a special way in these late days of Lent leading us into Holy Week. We ask your blessing upon all those who will approach the Sacrament of Reconciliation in these days, and upon all of us and all of our families. May Almighty God bless you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. God bless you, Bishop. Thank you for your continued shepherding of the diocese and supporting the faithful and the priests in this blessed time of Lent. We are grateful for all those who have joined us in listening in on our Boston podcast, Big City Catholics, and we hope that you'll join us next week as Bishop and I discuss more fully Holy Week and the sacred triduum, the Holy Thursday, Good Friday, the Easter Vigil, that mother of all liturgies that we are so excited as a people of faith to come and celebrate. God bless you, and have a great week. 